Hey guys, welcome to the Handlebar Podcast. This is season five. We are so glad you're here. Before we get started, we wanted to let you know about a couple of things. Number one, we are completely listener funded. So if you've been impacted by this podcast, we want to ask if you would consider giving through our website. And that website is thehandlebarpodcast.com. Every donation helps us uh, as we continue to release episodes, which we love doing. Number two, we have a YouTube channel. And every episode you listen to can also be streamed and watched on video through our YouTube channel. So we offer YouTube exclusive episodes we call sessions. These are condensed versions of our podcast, but they are on YouTube only. So go check it out and subscribe today. All right, let's jump in. Here's season five. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Handlebar podcast. Um, we have a guest with us for this episode. Episode number two. Episode He's number back. two with back again. Back our friend again. Chase Durkin. Yeah. Dropping yeah. bombs on dreams. Yeah. Now here yeah. we are to do another question. Round two. Let's go. Yeah. What What is our question? I'm going to let Chase yeah. read the question here. So whenever you're ready. Let's see. Read that bad boy. So this question comes from Jensen Austrin from... Omaha, Nebraska. Mm, Omaha. Cool, cool, the question, cool. it's a good question. So it says this, so many people are saying Jesus is coming in our lifetime. Do we think that's true? The return, Whoa. The return of, of the Jesus. Lord. Uh-oh. So yeah. many people say Jesus is coming back in our lifetime. Do you think it's true? Well, Chase, Whoa. do you think it's true? Is Jesus <laughs> coming crazy. back? Will so it be in our lifetime? So tell us. Yeah. <laughs> What's the tea? What's the 411? What's the gossip? Have oh, you heard? Is he coming? I think we just believe that he is, and then if he isn't, it's okay. Like, yeah. Live, like, live like he is. Live uh-huh. like he is. Let me start a timer. 15 yeah. minutes. Starting mm. now. Ready, go. Is Jesus returning? Is he coming back? Is it in yeah. our lifetime? Man. Well, he is returning. Mm-hmm. It, will it be in our lifetime? By faith. by faith. More so than any other generation, let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually love that Jensen submitted this question because I think you have a growing revelation currently happening uh, mm. across the globe uh, of the bride of Christ awakening to the reality that Christ is coming back. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think it is yeah. a current, a current uh, revi- you could call it a revival or sparking or awakening. I just think it is the revelation on the earth right now that is uh, spreading the quickest and the most. Mm-hmm. And and so to me, I love that Jensen's asking this question. I think the question to talk about is less about what is the timeline of God's return and more so how do you live a life of faith uh, with the end in mind Yeah, mm-hmm. or, that's, or that's motivated by, by Jesus returning? Because I think the problem that I have seen in the West, specifically with the young church, I think that's where God's given me authority currently in my life is with the young church, with the next generation. And something I see is we have a lot of believers, majority of believers, uh, are aware of like I want to be matured into the likeness of Christ, mm. but that's kind of where their faith stops. Yeah, meaning mm. the, kind of the end is like, well, I want to I want to live a good life. I want to be a good Christian. I want to be a good human being. I want to mature into the likeness of God. I want to learn more about Him, and then one day I'll die and I'll cross from this life to the next and I'll be with Him in heaven. Yet we we stop. We we I think we have stripped a third of the gospel out of our daily narrative, which is. He is our returning bridegroom. Yeah. He is our soon-coming mm-hmm. king. 
And so I love that Jensen is asking this question because I think majority of people, again, I'm speaking more more outside of the stream of Christianity that I would say we are in and more so too, more, more widespread, just believers in general. The blessed hope of the believer is his return. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which you see in Titus 3. Mm-hmm. Um, it says the blessed hope of the believer is his return. The blessed hope of the believer is not uh, being sanctified. The blessed hope of the believer is not... Uh, expressing your calling the blessed hope of the believer is not uh Mm. seeing miracle signs and wonders those are good great things but according to titus 3 the blessed hope of the believer is jesus's return which tells me that his return should be something we're excited for and looking for because i hear you say what how did you just say it about hopefully he'll come in our return or maybe our lifetime or maybe you said that sir beth one of you said hopefully it'll be in our lifetime i think a lot of people are more afraid that it's going to be in their lifetime than eager for or it they're just pretending because not it's to scary know. or we don't mm-hmm. understand it or yeah. what's your eschatology are you post-trib mid-trib how's the tribulations going to play out who's going to get the mark of the beat there's all of these what's <laughs> that we're afraid to talk about yeah that I, I think the point of scripture and jesus's return is ultimately to spark eagerness desire and a, a longing to see a jesus lovesick cry yes. yeah mm-hmm. if it's filled with fear then we're not the bride I wasn't mm. fearful the day I was getting married. I was yeah. excited. Come on, I had a it. lovesick cry in those months leading Yo, up I to it. I cried when you walked down the altar. Yeah. The aisle. You walked to the altar. <laughs> right, right. I walked down the altar. We did it a little different. I walked down the altar. That's no, crazy. when you walked down the aisle to the altar. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah you did. And there's like, I think that's so true though. It's like, I wasn't... I, I wasn't like filled with fear and oh, what's going to happen on my wedding day while I was planning my wedding. I was intentional. I was excited. I was, you know, and then the day came and I was lovesick. I was so happy. I was, and I think it's supposed to be that way for the bride of Christ. And I think one of the things that would delay him is if it's not that way. Yeah. The spirit and the bride say, come, not just the spirit. If it was just the spirit, he probably would have already come. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's mm-hmm. spirit and the bride and the bride is us. So I think when we're awakened to that lovesick longing, he's like, I could just see a picture of him getting on the more edge of his seat, looking at the father, like now, 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 you know, and it's like, we are beckoning our bridegroom. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I would love to toss the conversation to you, Chase, because one of the things we've talked about behind the scenes that nobody would know, literally in the backyard of my house, we've talked about how do we, Chase and I both have young kids. Um, we both have toddlers. We both have, um, are our youngest still considered babies? Are they, they're crossing I mean, the babyhood into yeah, the toddlerhood. Yeah. We have kiddos. young kids they're on the cusp. is little what I'm kiddos. trying to say. But we've had conversations around when you have the end in mind, how do you raise the next generation to be aware yeah. of that? Which has shifted my whole perspective as a as a dad and a parent, a husband. But um, I would love to kick it to you because as a young adult pastor, you're pastoring young adults. How are you preparing the next generation to be excited and eager? Mm. You see what I'm saying? How do you yeah. talk about this in a way that's not provoking fear? Or and just like, with ah, head knowledge. It's so you know, mm, am I yeah. going to be raptured like Kirk Cameron said and my yeah, clothes yeah. going to be tightly folded <laughs> on my Kirk. airplane? We and, love you, Kirk. You know what we I'm bless saying? Kirk Cameron. Yeah, we do bless Kirk. Yeah, those those love movies are man. fire. Yeah. I love yeah. the movies. Yeah. Yeah. No, Don't I, lie. You watched yeah. those a couple months ago. I did. I love the movies. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think there's, again... I think even going back to that question, I think even to, it excites me that our generation is even asking the question. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think even to, we've hit like a gap in the church where it wasn't even a question mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. a good 10, 15 years, either because of fear or misunderstanding or, and so that just excites me in itself. So I think the way I, the Lord has led me to approach it in my own personal journey is 
even him fathering me into that desire so that I could lead and father other people, my own mm -hmm. family, my, my wife, my kids, the people that I'm leading. And it's, I think what I would say again in that, do we think Jesus is coming in our lifetime? Obviously we, we can read the scripture. No man knows the date or the hour, but this is what I think is a lot of people read that to dismiss themselves from the reality that he is coming. Yes. Mm. Oh, the no man knows the day or the hour. So what does it matter? And the truth is because it it's such a mystery that we don't know, it actually should be authoring greater desire because yes. we don't know when he's coming, but he could is coming. Could be today, could be tomorrow. But he is coming. Yeah. You know? He's coming. And mm -hmm. I think this is the truth though. I think when we, I think the details are important that surround the spirit of the age, mm -hmm. the return of the Lord, his coming. But when details are so much prioritized than the desire of him, that's where people, we get off mm -hmm. and we disengage from the narrative and the story and the truth that that's the fullness of the gospel. Yes, he came and he died on the cross and our sins are forgiven, but the hope of humanity and the hope of Christianity is that the one that died and the one that was buried and resurrected is coming back again. Yes. And I think even the challenge is this, is that mm -hmm. I think if you're truly following Jesus, that desire is in you. Mm -hmm. Because you can't have faith in a... That was such agreement right there. That was deep agreement. That was deep agreement. That was sisterhood saying. That was like... Mm -mm, <laughs> the good. sisterhood agreement right there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but I just... I think the thought for me that provokes me and even how are we leading it is... Like, do we have a genuine desire for mm -hmm. him... That even when we read the details of what he says, this is going to come, persecution, all these things, everyone will hate you, they'll rise up against you. Um, but do I want to be with him? You know what I yeah. mean? Like, like yeah. the man that has transformed and changed my life, that yeah. I was dead and he's risen me into new life and now I get to walk <clears throat> in the fullness of his presence. I think that is ultimately what I think God wants to engage the conversation with is the desire. I mean, I, I think that's great because a question I have to ask myself internally is, uh, will I submit my my will to his return? Mm -hmm. Because yeah. I think I'm a young parent, like I said, so I, we are in the, the most beautiful blossoming season of our life with young kids. And so I'm looking forward to raising my daughter, raising my son. I'm looking forward to... Uh, teaching them sports and and just walking yeah. with them, watching them age. Yet when I think of the return, what if it were today? Am I going to miss out on those years? Am I going to miss out? So there's there's the fruit around me that sometimes I'm like, Lord, I want you to come, but I want to go through these things mm. first. Yeah. So therefore, if I don't submit my will to the Spirit of God, if I don't submit my will to the things of God, I will actually prolong the delay instead mm -hmm. of allowing desire to to birth within me. And it's, you know, it's something I'm growing in. It's something that I'm regularly praying about when we have these conversations. Our community talks about this a lot, which is probably not common in a lot of communities. Maybe if you're listening and you think like, man, I don't know if I've ever heard someone talk about his return. Like I'm aware that it's not, it's not common for people to talk about it maybe as much as we have. Mm -hmm. And so, but I think every time we have a conversation, there's an internal thing that probably nobody on the external would know where I'm having to pray prayers like, Lord, Lord, prepare me, give me eagerness, help me with the misunderstandings I have of your return that would actually cause me to prolong the delay, but but help me help me see rightly. I'm yeah. submitting my will to this. Lord, I want you to come. You can come. 
Like if it's up to me and praying with the spirit as the bride, I want to pray prayers like, Lord, you can come. Lord, in yeah. this time and in this yeah. hour. And so, mm-hmm. so good. I think something that awakened my desire to live like Jesus is coming back in my lifetime is actually in Revelation. And it's um, part of Revelation that I'd skimmed over, I guess, or read, but really hadn't allowed the spirit of wisdom and Revelation to like speak to my heart. And it's a couple parts, but the first one is um, Revelation 8. It's talking about the seventh seal and the golden censer. And I hadn't really ever taken a deep dive into what is that golden censer. So I'll just read a couple verses. Um, Verse three, another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer and he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. So he's offering this thing to God and it's the prayers of the saints. Mm. Verse five, then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar. So it's the prayers of the saints plus the supernatural fire, all consuming fire from God paired together, filled the golden censer with fire from the altar and threw it onto the earth. And there were peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning and an earthquake. And then if you skip over to chapter 10, sorry, yeah chapter 10, this caught me. Oh my goodness. So, um, it's about something called the seven thunders. You can, you can study it, but on verse five, chapter 10, verse five, it says, and the angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and what is in it, the earth and what is in it and the sea and what is in it, that there would be no more delay. Mm. And I'm thinking, I have to believe that the prayers of the saints and the fire from God's, God's altar paired together and thrown down on the earth leads to that verse, there will be mo- no more delay mm. of his coming. So it's like, I have a part, a role in this story and it's intercession. Yeah, It's mm. partnering with God in intercession and believing, okay, the fire from the altar is going to meet my prayers. And one day this angel is going to get this golden censer, this bowl with the prayers of all the saints and throw it onto the earth. And that is going to bring him back. Yeah. There will be no more delay. So that when I read that, I was like, delay oh my goodness, I want to, to pray. If you're I, unfamiliar with what Sarah Beth's talking about with delay, it's important to know because anytime Jesus refers to the end, specifically Matthew 24, yeah. 25, you know, his disciples are asking about the end. He gives three parables and all three of the parables he gives, the theme of the parable is delay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in other words, a, a way to say that that's, you know, not churchy would be Jesus is saying this, it's going to feel like I'm not coming. Yeah. On mm-hmm. the earth, it's going to feel like I'm not mm-hmm. coming. There will be much delay. So mm. uh, then when she's reading this, there will be no more delay. It's like the reality and the waking up of all of a sudden it felt like he wasn't coming. And now we're in the narrative. Yeah. And it's but happening. we have a part to play like mm-hmm. intercession. Yes. And, and Heidi Baker says it this way. She says, Israel is the clock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look at Israel. And it is the clock of all of yes. the world. Yeah. And if you look at Israel right now, I'm just going to, say, I don't know that it's going to get any better. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think the violence and the hatred is going to spread to the whole world. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think that God is preparing us right now as his saints, as his beloved to be clothed in fire from the altar and to offer up those prayers that actually reach him. Mm-hmm. They reach yeah. him and he has a specific angel that puts them in a bowl and it's going to throw our prayers down to the earth and it's going to cause rumblings of 
thunder and lightning. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. You know, so it's yeah. like, wake up. Wake mm-hmm. up to this narrative. Like you are, you have a part to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I'm longing for the day when mm-hmm. he's like, there'll be mo- no more delay. Yeah. yeah. Like a bride preparing for a wedding. Oh my gosh, it's still three months away, four mm-hmm. months away. But then the day comes and you're like, no more delay. Mm-hmm. We're here. Yeah. You know, I, th- I think something too, also with all that you guys are sharing is like, yes, like is, is Jesus coming back? Absolutely. Do we know when? No. And, and Matthew 24, 25, 26 is very clear. Like, hey, here are some signs yeah. Yeah. so that you can discern, yeah. like, you know, his return. And when you read the signs, it's like, it's it's things that are happening all the time. Yeah. It's like wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes, um, natural disasters. And it's like, that's always been happening. You know, and then also like you go through these seasons where it really picks up mm-hmm. and then kind of slows down. And so it's like, so is it's it like now? Is labor. it not? You know, it's <laughs> like, it's almost kind yeah. of like this, the signs are always there. So mm-hmm. is he coming? Is he not? And I think it's, it's pointing back to like, it's not necessarily about the signs of his coming. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the more of the actual belief, like that yeah. he is coming. Yes. You know, and I, I think it's really hard to miss somebody that you don't love. Ooh. Wow, say that again. And what beckons, you know, scripture says, the, the spirit and the bride say, come. Yeah. I Like, if I don't know you, I'm not going to miss you. I'm not going to want you to come to my mm. house. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm not even going to think, I'm not even going to have a desire, you know? And I think it's more provoking. Yeah this desire for him yes. like yes. that may these signs provoke my heart to want to miss him yes. yes be like not you know be like lord like provoke what a lover feels when her husband's gone yeah wow like come back like come That's, you know i'm waiting wow. for you like i you know i'm living my life i'm keeping the house ready like he could walk in that door at any moment and it's it's that what Sarah Beth was saying that lovesick like Lord like I need you you know that living as if any moment he could be walking through that door he could be splitting the sky that mm. we see every morning and what's so interesting I was as we were talking I was thinking about um, how if I was Adam and Eve and I had never seen a sunrise but I start to see the sun go down. I'm going to be like, oh my gosh, is that ever going to come back up? <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's like, it was so pretty. Yeah, it starts to get chilly. Like, oh my gosh, is, is the sunrise ever going to come back up? Mm. And the feeling that they felt the morning as the day broke. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, the miracle of even the sunrise, like how that's happening has become so normal for me that I can forget what's actually happening in front of my eyes. And I think the longing for Christ, like living for Christ has become so normal that Mm. we can often stop longing for Christ. We just live for him. And I, I want to get back to like being in awe of like, I can both live and and be transformed onto Christ, but also I long for him. Yeah. And just like, a sunset and a sunrise like you have those moments you're like wow like look at the sunset tonight Mm, and it's like i want i'm i'm asking god for moments like that in the spirit where i'm like 
put me back in wonder yeah. so that I miss, I miss you. I, I want to partner in prayer and intercession, mm-hmm. you know, that it's not this heavy, like burdensome, oh my gosh, he's coming back. People times. get running, <laughs> you know, and it's like, yes, get yeah. ready. But it's not a fearful getting ready. It's a hopeful expectation yeah. of, man, I'm about to enter a place that knows no night that knows yes. no sorrow, that knows no weeping, that yes. knows no sickness, that knows only health, only joy, where the streets yes. are gold. And it's like, I like, even in this moment, I'm like, man, I've not thought about that in so long. Yeah. Where, wow. you know, joy and instead of mourning, that we know weeping, the Bible says, no death. And I'm like, wow, like, I want to long for that. Yeah. 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 Because, yeah, because it, it is a reality that I'm just not in yet. Yeah. Wow. You know? And yeah. I think, like, it's that now and not yet yeah. thing. The and tension. Of, yeah. 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 So I know the timer went off, so we can share well, handlebars. It's so but good. I'm, I'm just thinking of one thing before handlebars, which is no one had to tell me when I was about to give birth to both my kids. <laughs> no one had to be like hey you're about to have a baby like my body knew and was crying out and absolutely took over to birth these children into the world and the end times are pretty much all throughout scripture equated to a woman in labor Mm -hmm. and i think right now we're in early labor that starts and then it stops and then it starts and then it stops and we will not have to be told by anyone because i sometimes think well well, I know when it's the Antichrist. Like, and I think this is what Jesus, the way he responded, so many nuances that, yeah. the way yeah. he responded to his disciples through every question, like any question they would ask him, he basically would say, it's not about the question. Mm-hmm. It's this. And he would give like yeah. wisdom. There's so many that I could talk mm-hmm. about. But so it's like, it's not about, will I know it's the Antichrist? Will I? It's like, no one had to tell me when I was about to give birth and no one will have to tell me when the earth is crying out in these labor pains, when it's like actual active labor and then transition and then birth, like him coming back, you know? It's like, I don't know how long that will last, but when I was in labor with my kids, I was like, I don't know how long this will last, but it can't be long because I Mm. won't make it. (laughs) I won't live if it doesn't happen quicker. And that's when, like as a woman, when you're giving birth, your body has to relax and then that hastens the baby coming out. And I think that the Lord wants to put us in this place of like resting and relaxing in his finished work in his second coming. Yeah. And wow. that will hasten his return. Wow. Wow. So if you fight it in labor, if you fight anything, it's going to delay. It's going to prolong. Yeah. Wow. So I just thought no one's going to have to tell us when we're really, really, really close to him coming. Like we will yeah. know that the earth is mm-hmm. yeah. in labor. <laughs> Chase, what, what would you say? What's a handlebar for mm. Jesus's return? How do you steward your heart in this? How do you? I think when I think about this conversation, I think about uh, his first, like his first coming. Um, and even to just I think you can tie a lot in there. If you study John the Baptist and Jesus coming on the scene, like behold the lamb. I think there's a simple thing of wanting to see him now that prepares us for his coming, meaning like he's these inbreakings of encounter God like revealed to me um, more for the sake of obviously seeing him. I, and I want to throw this thought out there. Like if the return of the Lord is a burden, you haven't seen him. Like if his return and everything that precedes it is a burden, then we haven't seen him 
Yeah, and I know we all haven't seen him fully. Like we've yeah. seen him part, but I think my handlebar would be the daily surrender of your life, wow. mm-hmm. your will, your dreams, because I promise when he comes, we are not going to be wishing for everything that we're experiencing mm-hmm. right now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like when he comes, Mm -hmm. he will fulfill every dream and every desire in that moment that honestly we will forget everything that we wrapped him in and around that like he is the dream. Like he making it to the end and seeing him is why I said yes to following him. Mm -hmm. Because when I looked in those eyes that burn like flames of fire and it burn out every death, all impurity, and you're telling me the hope of this gospel is walking with him and knowing him, that trumps everything. Yeah. Like it is that burning desire. And I think for me, it's a constant invitation of surrender, encounter, in the humble preparation of saying, God, like, I'm afraid. I'm, yeah. or I, I have unbelief, but help my unbelief. He can handle it. Because I want to love you and I want to know you and I want to be found faithful. In the mm. end, and I think mm. even too, the Gospels is so like read the Gospels. That hour, as I think, is God's mercy in who is following Him mm. to prepare us as His disciples mm. for His next coming. Yeah, in that mm. age and that hour, and just resting in Jesus. It's so good. Like He's the sign. Instead of it says that it's like you adulterous generation, you're asking for all these signs. I'm the sign. I'm the sign. Yeah, like. Mm. What? How many more tragedies and things do you need to prove that I'm coming? Oof. Until the very moment that the sign that we will get is him coming on the scene yeah. again. Yeah. And I don't want to keep asking for signs and having conversation. Like the truth is the conversation we need to be having right now is not everything that's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, am I pure? Am I ready? Do I have the mm-hmm. fear of God? Do I have the fear of God? Because I can trust in desiring him. Mm-hmm. He will lead me into being prepared because mm-hmm. he's the good shepherd. Right. Yeah, right. totally. And so I just think surrender, wow. humility, and desire. I think it's enough. We can trust that it's enough. John mm-hmm. putting his head on his chest, man. That's it. Mm-hmm. Leaning on him. Leaning yeah. on him. Wow. Yeah. Leaning on him. I, I'll share my little practical that's spiritual. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think uh, in Scripture... You know, the Lord is telling his disciples, he's like, hey, how is it that you can discern what the weather is going to be like? You know when it's going to rain, you know when it's going to be hot, you know when it's going to be cold, but yet you don't know the season that you're in. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, I, like, I look at the world, you guys, and it's different. It's It's different. Like what's happening with Israel, I know it's been through a lot but it's different than mm-hmm. once before. And so my practical is asking the Lord to make my spiritual eyes aware of the season that I'm in. Mm. Um, that's, that's the only thing I know what to do right now. Mm-hmm. And just that he would, he's been asking me to fast. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes back to what Chase was saying. Fasting is a way of stripping me of anything impure, any of my own self-reliance, my own self-sufficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's not to be, you know, legalistic or whatever. And I, and I really don't care if someone is thinking my life looks like that because I, only I know my motive. Mm-hmm. But that, that's that been my practical. Like, Lord, make me aware. Make my heart aware. I want to be mm-hmm. awake. Mm-hmm. I want to be awake in my mind and my heart and my emotions um, to, to him 
number one, and then also aware to what he's doing in the earth. Yeah. So that's that's my practical slash spiritual so handlebar. Mm. <laughs> I think mine is, um, you know, I think the end times, we've said this already, but I think a lot of people have avoided this conversation because they've been afraid of what will play out. So mm-hmm. with what I'm about to say, this has got to be first. And what's first is the longing is for Jesus. In yeah. fact, and I'll say it this way when it comes to the end times, I read a quote about Revelation because Revelation is when you, you know, you're reading Revelation a second ago and I'm like, there's so much swirly stuff in Revelation. Like, you know, you've got beasts and women Angels. with moons and it's just crazy. Dragons. And dragons and, <laughs> you know, witnesses spitting fire and all of these things. You're like, what in the world? But I read this quote about Revelation and the quote was this. It says, Revelation uh, is not meant to be deciphered. It's meant to be absorbed. Mm. It's the narrative of God. We're not meant to decipher it. We're meant to absorb it and just wow. be connected to mm. the Lord in that way to his mm-hmm. return. Um, and so that has got to be the foundation for what I'm about to say. Otherwise, you get a little wonky and weird. But I do think it is important to get in eschatology. Mm-hmm. I do think it is important for believers to to search out what the scripture says about the end. The Bible is very clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I love how our pastor says this. He says, the Bible is complete, but it's unfinished. What does that mean? It means his word is complete and, and it's final, but there's still things playing out. And there mm-hmm. is an end to all things, mm-hmm. to the to the earth as we know it, to the world as we know it, which our minds can't fully receive. But I do think it's important to have an eschatology. And I don't necessarily think you need to know the timeline. I don't think we're meant to know the timeline. But but what is a practical, what is a handlebar? <laughs> we'll talk about this with your friends. I think about right now, Sarah Beth and I have a Bible study at our house. We do it on Wednesday nights, and it's and it's a a Bible study around the book of Revelation. Wow. And um, why? Because we want to be talking about this with people in our life. And so, again, it's less about knowing the timeline and it's more about having the conversation and and, and diving into eschatology. What is eschatology? It's, it's the study of the end times. And so knowing what's going to play out, what does the Bible have to say? Because as I've read Revelation with my wife, I have realized there's a lot of things I've been taught that yeah. were just man's interpretation mm-hmm. of Scripture. But as I read it, I actually realize it says different things than, than the podcast I listen to. So go read it for yourself and get yeah. an eschatology. So that's, okay. good. that's my handlebar. Okay, my Sarah handlebar Beth. is ask God for a love for his people. Mm-hmm. And that, That's if you don't too. know, is the Jewish That's people. So because we are the, I mean, they are the reason that we're grafted into this storyline in the first place. And I come from a Jewish family. Um, and right now, Aaron and I are both faced with the reality of what some of our family is going through. Uh, some of them live in New York, and I've heard from some of them that they're scared to send their kids to school. Some of them live in Israel and are actually in the IDF. And so mm-hmm. they are going through so much, and it's not so much like it, a text or a phone call only does so much. But like I'm asking the Lord for opportunities to go see them, mm. to bless them, wow. to financially sow into them. And it's not so that they'll become a Christian, because if I believe the word of God, Romans 11 says all of Israel will be saved. Mm-hmm. It's only a matter of time until they see their beloved Messiah. But my job is to ask the Lord to brand my heart with love because we, the Gentiles, well, I'm not Gentile, but that's okay. We're supposed to (laughs) provoke, we're we're supposed to provoke them to jealousy for their Messiah. 
And how could we provoke them to jealousy without loving them? Because love is jealous. Mm. And so I just think if you have like, you can ask the Lord, um, but if if, if people in your family or your grandparents, if there is any sort of anti-Semitism, which all that means is hatred for the Jewish people, just repent right now and ask the Lord to give you a heart for his people. Uh, And he will. And once you have that, you're completely like grafted into the story of the end times because it's literally playing out before our eyes. And I've already heard of testimonies where Christians are going into the trenches with the Jews and they're like, why are you doing this with us? Like you, you don't have to be here. You know, Mm -hmm. like Hamas isn't after you right now. Mm -hmm. And they're like, but your people are my people. Wow. You know, and I think that that is what is going to also hasten the return of the Lord and graft us into the storyline is loving the Jewish people. That's Mm. so good. It's good. We love you guys. Jensen, you asked for it. So there it is. We love you guys. We'll see you next week.